Welcome to the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara. I'm here to welcome you into the world of orgasmic living by hosting experts to discuss orgasmic topics such as nutrition, spirituality, personal development, sexuality, and much more. Here, we will offer lifestyle lessons that can help you lead a fulfilling, joyous, and orgasmic lifestyle. I'm your guide, Venus O'Hara. Welcome to the 68th episode of the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast with Venus O'Hara. In this first quarter moon episode, we'll be discussing makeup. We'll be speaking with Christina Flack, who is a celebrity makeup artist. I also review the book, Mastering Your Mean Girl by Melissa Ambrosini. The episode ends with a guided meditation with affirmations for embracing your natural beauty. But first, let me share with you my experience with makeup. Makeup, it's definitely a powerful thing. I started wearing makeup when I was about 13 years old and I did so because I was so ashamed of my face, my natural face. And that's a time of life when you start to notice other people, you might, you might feel attracted to people and you start to get a bit more self-conscious about your body. And that extended to my face. I felt so ugly and I thought makeup would be the solution for that. And I used far too much foundation and concealer to try and hide my imperfect skin. I had a little, a little bit of acne as well, but not nothing too serious. I just wanted to kind of block my face out. And then gradually I started to use eyeliner and mascara. And I used to have this perception that my eyes were small and insignificant without any eyeliner. And I was, and it got to a point where I got so used to seeing myself with makeup that I was unable to leave the house without it and to look into someone's eyes if I had a naked face. I just felt so ugly, which was such a terrible thing because people think, you know, makeup is empowering. And I wonder, is it really? You know, I think it depends on the intention when you wear it. So throughout life, I remember having my first boyfriend. I used to get up in the morning, have a shower and then do my makeup. So he'd never get to see me in daylight with no makeup. I just felt so ugly. Oh my God, it was, it was terrible. And it took me a very long time to actually embrace my makeup free face. And that happened much later in life when I actually became a freelancer. And that meant because I was working from home all day, what was the point in, um, in wearing makeup? And I got used to seeing my makeup free reflection in the mirror whenever I went to wash my hands or brush my teeth. And I wasn't completely scared by it or yeah, freaked out as I used to be. So that was a really good practice for me just to kind of stop wearing makeup and getting used to this look um, of mine, which is my natural look. But around the time when that was happening, I remember going to a supermarket once and I remember bumping into it. I saw a guy that I knew there because I'm also I've also worked as a commercial actress. So I've had lots of professionals doing my makeup. And I remember seeing a guy that I'd been on an advert with. And I remember seeing him from afar and thinking, oh, my God, I tried to hide from him because I was so ashamed of not wearing makeup. And then he actually did see me and then we said hello and I said, oh, I'm sorry, I've got no makeup on. What a ridiculous thing to say now that I now that I look back on that. 
And um, he didn't say anything, but we just chatted. And I just had this perception as well that if I was wearing makeup, I am allowing or inviting people to look at me. And where I'm, when I'm not wearing makeup, I kind of felt invisible in the street. But you cannot control whether, when and whether people are looking at you or not, as I have since learned. But over time, I started to share some no makeup selfies on Instagram with hashtag no filter. And they were not, they were actually... Uh, received very well, actually, which is a, a big, su- beautiful surprise for me, actually. It was really help- helped with my confidence. And then also on my YouTube channel, I have a whole um, a whole um, playlist with hashtag make, um, no makeup challenge. And those practices have been very empowering for me, actually. And I do like to wear makeup, but I think my makeup um, ritual takes me about five minutes. I only wear about five different products. I have um, a kind of foundation that is quite full covering, full covering, but a little bit dry. So that can kind of double up as concealer and powder. I use an eyebrow pencil, some eyeliner, some mascara. And then sometimes I use a little bit of um, orange eyeshadow and a little bit of blusher just to kind of um, set the eyeliner. So so it's not kind of like going under my eyelid. So that's that. So the whole thing takes me five minutes. I mean, I, I couldn't really, really be bothered with things like contouring because that that for me is kind of saying I don't like the my face as it is and it just takes a long a very long time I look at the, some of these makeup tutorials that just seems to be um almost hiding you, yourself away and, and also if you get used to your seeing yourself with lots and lots of makeup you're going to have what happened to me happen in a much more it's much more probable which is going to be you're not going to feel good about your makeup free face and also you know on social media we're seeing you know heavy 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 makeup and you know false eyelashes fake eyebrows um and then all these eyeshadows and contouring plus filters so what you're seeing is just not real at all um so for me i've i've been um, on a journey of embracing the natural me and i've even ventured out on saturday nights to bars and restaurants with no makeup and that feels very empowering for me I remember one day I went to my salsa class with no makeup and this girl said, wow, you need to do this more often. You look amazing. So yeah, that's, that's quite encouraging really to, to do that. But um, sometimes I do like to wear makeup. Um, that, that doesn't mean I'm anti-makeup. I just like to approach a more natural look that's um, very minimal, but also kind of high impact makes me feel better and maybe more presentable. Um, that's maybe not the right word, more presentable, because we should always be presentable with or without makeup. And yeah, so that's my my, my opinions on makeup. And um, today we're going to speak to a celebrity makeup artist about all of these topics about feeling positive in your skin with and without makeup. And of course, embracing the natural look. A quick message for my lovely listeners. Your support means the world to me. If you enjoy the insightful conversations and engaging content on this podcast, please consider fueling my passion by buying me a coffee. Your generous contributions help keep the podcast brewing with fresh ideas and exciting guests. Head over to my Buy Me A Coffee page, which is buymeacoffee.com slash Venus O'Hara. The link is also in the show notes. There you can join our community of coffee-loving supporters. Every sip counts towards creating more orgasmic episodes for you. Thanks a lot, eh? A lot, eh? For being part of my journey and making sure every day is a climax. Now it's time for this episode's interview 
we'll be speaking with Christina Flack, who is a celebrity makeup artist. Christina, welcome to the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast. Thank you so much for taking part in this interview today. I'm very happy to have you here. For those who are unfamiliar with your work, could you tell us what you do? Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I am a celebrity makeup artist. I am the creator and founder of Pretty Girl Makeup, and I'm starting a new company called I'm Too Busy. I am um, I'm a beauty expert on California Live on NBC. I am a mother of five. I'm a philanthropist. I am a um, beauty producer for a movie that just came out. And um, and you're definitely too busy. I can and see. I am too busy. <laughs> tell, us, tell us what's I am too busy. So I, I created Pretty Girl and just, uh, you know, my company that I started. And then I decided that I'd been hearing so many times from my clients that I don't have enough time to do my makeup. Every time I go to a department store, they don't have enough. Can we pause one second? Yep. My puppy is. Come here. Come on. (laughs) Forgive. I'm in my sister's attic right now. Okay. So sorry. I created I'm Too Busy because I had heard from so many of my clients. They don't have enough time to get ready in the morning. There are too many products. And what exactly are the products that they need? And I just felt like, how can you ever get brand loyalty from customers when you're selling them things that they don't need for their lifestyle, don't know how to use, and they don't use them. So they're not going to be replenishing, right? So like with the skincare, I want, there's so many brands out there and they're amazing if you consistently use them, but if you're not using them because there's too many steps, they're not going to work. It's kind of like gone, gone, um, gone silent a bit again. Um, So yes, it's it's not, it's even, yeah, so it's kind of like a minimalist beauty plan, is that correct? Something like that about just the products you need and um so I I came up with with me three step skincare. Um it's moisturizing, cleansing, and rejuvenating. And then we have the makeup that is just for what you need. It's um, a foundation stick that you can use as concealer, primer, and foundation, um, a cheek stick that you can use for lip and cheek. And then fill in the brows, eyeshadows, mascara, and eyeliner, and lip and lip products. So that's it. I just want people to be able to, in five minutes, be able to put some makeup on and feel, you know, confident to be able to go out into the world. Great, perfect. Um, so, what inspired you to follow this path in the first place, the the beauty path? I started working on my mom and my friends and family, and it just was something that. I loved watching the transformation of of making someone look like a better version of themselves. And it wasn't so much, obviously, the visual I love doing, but I also loved how they felt. And even to this day, when I work with my clients, I love how it makes them feel on the outside by changing what they look on the the outside. What what do you notice? Like how they walk, how they talk? what, what, What do you notice? It's everything. Their whole energy changes. They are more confident. Um, they seem happier. They, they just feel they have a confidence that they didn't have. I worked with a teenager last year named Ivy, and 
I just taught her some basic, you know, makeup tips. And we just talked about, you know, going for your dreams and beauty from the inside out, because I believe in that it's about nutrition and exercise and skincare and rest and happiness and, you know, being grateful, all those things make someone look beautiful on the outside when all these things are happening on the inside, make sure you're hydrated. But um, in the example of Ivy, she, after we had our session together, two weeks later, she called me and said, she said, Oh, my God, you're not going to believe what happened. You told me I should strive for my dreams. And I applied to a study abroad program. And I got it. So I'm going to Prague for two weeks. And she said, if I hadn't met you and done this, I would never have felt confident enough to to take these steps of being comfortable being uncomfortable. Amazing. So you're helping people with their self belief through makeup that be right to assume. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Great. So how did you take it into a professional realm then? So you were doing it with your mother and then what inspired you to, how did you start professionally? People would ask me to do their makeup for weddings and I would do, they, then they would refer me other people. And then I I worked with different photographers. Um, um, I got enough pictures together to have a portfolio work, Chicago, LA, San Francisco. Um, I'm also with Zenobia and Brandy Moore artists. So I work a lot with different celebrities and I love what I do. It's so much fun. I like to be in a new place. I love, you know, working with a team and creating beautiful things. So it's a perfect job. And then on days I'm not on a shoot, I'm working on my company and um, doing podcasts. Fantastic. So tell us about your makeup brand. Well, um, Pretty Girl is right now we're just having lips because we're just kind of putting that on hold a bit. And so the the makeup line, we're just doing exactly what you need to look like the best version of you. Brows need to be filled in. Dark circles need to be lightened, even out the skin, a little cheek color, filling in the, um, the brows with some shadow eyeshadow, liner, mascara, and that's it. And that's all you really need. And so I use colors that are neutral tones that will look good on all different skin tones. So I want everyone to be able to to pick up my shadows and go, okay, I can, they're user friendly. And how, when did you create this brand? Um, This year, we haven't released everything yet, but that's what we're doing right now. Oh, it's super new. So the Pretty Girl Makeup is actually yes. also very, very new. Okay. So no, well, Pretty Girl, no, okay. no. Pretty Girl Makeup I've had for like 20 years now. Okay. And so I'm too busy, I'm too busy as my new brand. Fantastic. So what's the process like of creating your own brand? Was this something you always wanted to do? Was it a natural progression? How did it um, occur? I think it was just a natural progression. I just wanted to be able to, I saw that there was a need. And I think that's what happens with a lot of entrepreneurs. They see there's a need in the world or a need in their own life. And so I just wanted there to be some makeup that is straightforward and that that everyone can use quickly and efficiently. So what was your first product? A lip plumper and lip gloss. Okay. And then, um, yeah. And then I've had different spa products and bath bombs and candles and um, eyeshadows and lipsticks. So I've had the whole thing. I've just shrunk it down a bit right now. I'm also what's keeping me uh, busy as well as I'm on NBC as a beauty expert on California Live. So 
I do that between two and four times a month. Um, this past week, we did a pro, um, an episode for fall uh, using pumpkin for uh, masks and for scrubs for the skin, um, doing a spa, a water spa bar um, to get people to drink more water. I hear all mm. the time, I don't like drinking water. It's so boring. It doesn't taste good. So I was showing how to putting, putting blueberries and mint and basil and cucumber in the water and have it ready in the fridge. I really encourage people when they go or go running out to do an errand that they can grab some water that's already prepared and take it in the car. So if you do that, every time you get in the car, you'll drink a lot of water in the day. Definitely. I'm a vegan. So I was pretty thrilled to see that your makeup is vegan and organic. Is that right? Is that correct? Yes. And yes, it is. Tell, why is that important? I think it's important because, you know, our skin is a, a biggest cell that we have in our body. And so we have to protect it. So you want to put healthy things on your skin because it's getting ingested into your system. So it's, it is very important. So that's my main reason. So what's the, um, I'm fascinated by the, um, the process of creating a product and going through the different prototypes. What was that like for you? Cause it's, you know, if, if you're putting your name to something, it could be quite complicated it, sometimes. Yes. Yeah. It takes a lot longer than one would think. Mm -hmm. Um, working with the, the beauty chemist and they send you samples and you try it, you try it on your friends and you send it back. It's, it's, significantly longer than one would think. When I started Pretty Girl, it took over a year to formulate the lip texture and color and get it out with the, with the, you know, the products in the container. So I, when I tell people like they think, oh, oh, it's so fun doing that, having their own brand, you know, it takes a lot longer and a lot more money. So if you're going into it just for the money, um, you're going to start resenting it. So you really have to love, enjoy every step of the process because it is, time consuming and frustrating and um, taking a lot longer than one would think. So as a makeup artist, what did you find that was missing that you created yourself? What was missing in, in the products that you were using before you created your brand? I think that there was just too much of everything. It's almost overwhelming for people. I mean, even for me, I see, you know, I, I look for a palette for eyeshadows and there's just all these colors that you don't use. You end up using like you have a, a palette of eight colors and you end up using two of the colors. So mm -hmm. I really wanted all the colors in my palette to be used mm -hmm. equally. So that's, that's probably why. So it's still kind of a minimalist approach. Would that be right to assume? Yeah. Yes, it is. I, I, I want people to use, um, use the products. I also wanted them to be, you know, sustainable. I want to be able to put, you know, replenish the eyeshadows back into the same case. I wanted them to be, you know, recycled paper that we use. So I really want our company to be, you know, a company that I can be really proud of that we're not wasting paper products. I get so many products from different companies and they'll put one little product in and have it wrapped in tons of tissue paper in this monstrous box. And it's just, it's so wasteful. That's great. The same sensibility is good, a good value to have. But um, do you yes. think over the last 20 years that people have been wearing more and more and more makeup? Like that's, I, I find that, you know, the trends of, let's say, contouring and, you know, fake eyelashes. And there seems to be a lot more. It's not it's not just a five minute thing uh, when people are doing makeup these days. Do you think people are wearing more and more makeup? Is that what you've observed in the time you're in this industry? I, I, it, that's a great question. I think that people are using 
I think it's too much. Like, I don't think real, the normal average woman that is getting up and getting her kids to school and going into her office or to a board meeting has time for all of the contouring and all that stuff. That's why I created I'm Too Busy because I just think, and it's not realistic. I, I don't do any of that on a photo shoot. If you look at commercials, everyone looks pretty normal. You don't see tons of contouring on any of the people on TV or in the commercials and magazines. You see people looking pretty normal. And so that's what I do as a makeup artist. There's there's no time for all of, I mean, it's very entertaining to look on mm -hmm. TikTok and Instagram at how they you know, put on all this makeup and blend one blend. And, but it's not realistic as a makeup artist for what I do on photo shoots. I would never have the time. I mean, I sometimes have 10 minutes, 15 minutes to get someone completely ready. So. Oh, well, wow. not that much time then. So what, what products yeah. would you recommend for someone who's busy? Definitely, you know, good eye cream, um, moisturizer, um, sunscreen for sure. Concealer is super important under the eyes and on the eyelid, filling in the brows, changing your mascara every th two to three months, um, and just keeping it simple and basic. You don't want to look at anyone's face and think, oh, wow, there's a lot of colors going on. You just want to think like, like how I'm looking at you right now. Your skin looks nice and fresh. Your eyebrows are done. You know, you look, you look pretty and normal and, and nothing is sticking out at me going, oh, wow. This is, it's actually quite natural because this is from it's here in Spain it's um I'm in Barcelona it's 9 30 ah. so I haven't had my makeup on since it's been on you know maybe 10 hours oh my <laughs> god I, well you look but, fantastic oh thank you but I'm, I'm, I have a bit of a redness going on at the moment as well but I'm a super minimalist because I used to be um like most people wearing makeup every single day and then I started working from home and um I started wearing less makeup or just not, not even wearing makeup at all. And it was interesting because I started to get used to seeing my makeup free face in the mirror and being more accepting of it. Because I remember before that time, I would only go makeup free at the weekend sometimes. Now I remember I went to the supermarket once and I saw a guy I knew and I was so ashamed. And I remember like trying to hide because I didn't want to look him because I think our you know body language does change a lot if we're wearing makeup or not. If you're used to wearing it every day, like your mask, but I found it very empowering to actually stop for a while and just just have it on certain days. Like for example, today I had a meet at a webinar earlier today, so that's why I have makeup on today, and also with my podcast interviews. But normally I would kind of go makeup free a lot of the time. So what do you think about the? Um, do you think there could be a danger to go get too reliant on makeup? It's so interesting that you say that. We did a segment on NBC uh, called "Getting um, the." It was a beauty challenge, and what it was was for the people that wear a ton of makeup. Mm -hmm. to take it down like 10 wow. notches. And for the people that wear very little, take it up a few notches and feel, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And why are you uncomfortable? What's uncomfortable? Having your face so bare that made you uncomfortable. So I, I urge people, just take a few minutes to see how you feel about whatever it is you're doing, do the opposite and see how you feel and, and what you need to do to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, it's interesting because um, over the years I've just done a set, the same thing, like eyeliner on, because it changed my eye a lot when I was just doing on the on the top and not on not below, and and uh -huh. kind of like the uh, it's kind of, it makes the eye look bigger and my eyebrows are very very light, so I kind of struggle with that. But I, I'm a very minimalist. I just have one product, like one one foundation and then <laughs> um, one eyeliner. But I just put a shadow on just to kind of make the the eyeliner set a bit better because otherwise it will kind of go all over the eyelid. 
and then yes Gara. and it's interesting you say that about to change every three months because I think people no one does it <laughs> no they have it's mascara like, for like years like 10 yeah. years it's like I'm like it's dries out after a few months so if you want the mascara and there are so many great mascaras now that are you can buy at the supermarket or at the you know mm. you know the pharmacies they're great so just change them up get a new one we also think about eye health I'm sure it's not very good to have exactly oh my gosh no, it is not because you keep you're taking it out. It's getting germs in and, and bacteria. So it's it's very unsanitary. So definitely changing it out is a good thing to do. Yeah, I've actually been doing a lot of um, commercial acting and I've been on set many times. I have my makeup artists do my my makeup and I've always wondered, are the brushes clean? What do they do? <laughs> well, that's sort of, yeah. that's a big question for me because I just think, oh, it looks fantastic. But how much DNA do I have on my face right now? You know? <laughs> I'm sure that they clean them just like I do. I mean, in between, I have um, alcohol and antibacterial and makeup wipes that I clean when I'm on set. And then when I get home, I clean them with disinfectant and, and you know, brush cleanser. So yeah. um, I'm sure the makeup artist you worked with had very clean brush. You have to. You would never work again because everyone would be getting, you know, these diseases. So I think in Spain, it's probably a bit more relaxed. But I remember I was on this shoot in, in August, but it was very, very hot. And they were going around with the powder with the same thing on everyone. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> okay, well, I don't do that. But um, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely don't do that. Well, I have a I have a powder brush for each person that I'm working with. Amazing. But... That's good. Good. Yeah. So tell us about your skincare tips. Skincare tips. Well, first of all, let's, since we're talking about mascara, mm -hmm. every day the mascara has to come off. So you oh, can yeah. use a co coconut oil or an almond oil or a makeup wipe. It needs to come off every day. Your eyelashes need to breathe. Um, I am not a big fan of these lash extensions. I think they are damaging to the eyelashes. Um, it doesn't well, take that more. long to put some mask. Well, I just think they're very heavy. I think your lashes are going to break. They'll get weak. Mm -hmm. um, and they look totally unnatural. I have seen some people, I, it's, I am flabbergasted that, they are walking around with these animals. It looks like a chia pet or something on their eyelash. It's it's too much. So um, I I hope that trend goes away soon. Um, and the, the contouring, it's you know a little bit. You just you never want to see makeup that is that heavy. Um, you know you don't want to see that. It's just supposed to kind of blend in. For example, foundation. I get asked this all the time what, how do I pick my right foundation? Do I put it on my inner arm on top of my hand? And, and I just laugh because it's like, no, you need to match it to your face, first of all. Mm -hmm. And number two, you don't want it lighter and you don't want it darker. You want it to disappear into your skin. Mm -hmm. So that's how you find the right foundation for you. It will, it'll, the right one, you won't see it. It'll just blend into your skin. Amazing. It's really interesting because I've, I've all, I'm always a, another, I've really hated those fake eyelashes. I mean, I used to like them maybe 10 years ago when I was kind of doing more a pinup look or burlesque look and just the ones that you kind of, you know, glue on and then you take off. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. um, but there's now the trend of, you know, those permanent ones and it just looks really, really bad. And I just think it's calm. Yeah. Once you start doing like fake things, you're kind of ruining your own eyelashes. I think you definitely are. And also, you know, you, I love to put on face oil and you cannot have any oil on your face. If you're going to have those lashes on, they just, they fall off. So I, it's not something that works for my everyday life. So 
you know, we were talking earlier about like makeup products. Well, that's a, that's a product for me, a fake eyelash that just won't work because it doesn't work with my lifestyle. My lifestyle is washing my face and using facial oils and different products. So my face breathes and rejuvenates and rests. And so that doesn't work. I, I mean, I liked, I've done it. Believe me, I tried it when, and it was great for a while, but then also I would sleep and then they would fall out. And then mm. it would, it was just, I was constantly me running back to the last lady. And I think she was happy when I finally decided to uh, abandon the lashes. <laughs> so it would be your go-to makeup look that you like, like today you look quite natural. Is this how you, how you do you do the same thing every day or does it depend on? I mean, I'll do my eyes a little darker. I usually do a pretty nude lip. I balance out the skin under under eye. I always fill in my brows. I always have liner top and bottom. I'll put a shadow on top of the liner so it softens. Mm-hmm. And then um, lots of mascara and a little bit mm-hmm. of cheek and some lip and that's it. I, I can do my makeup in five minutes. No problem. Okay, cool. So what would you do to me if you were doing my makeup? Just out of curiosity. Exactly, exactly the same thing. I'd fill in your brows. Mm-hmm. Um, I would do a light shadow on the whole area of your eyelid um, and under your brow and then a liner on the top and the, smudge it in on the bottom and some mascara and, and just make your cheeks a little rosy and even. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So about lipstick, um, do you have any preferred colors? I love, I'm doing red is a kind of a, when you're in a mood for yes know, a certain well everyone has their <laughs> everyone has their right red you know I don't um I've been really doing a lot of pale pinks lately and just a gloss on top I've been doing a lot but you know it gets to be dark in winter and then we want to do a, a like a beautiful Chanel uh red lip so mm-hmm. that's what the fun part of makeup it's not permanent you put it on you take it off and you can be mm-hmm. someone else for a few minutes is there someone you'd like to do their makeup? Anyone famous or anyone that you would like, you'd really love to change their style or do their makeup? I mean, I always want to do like a Halle Berry. Um, yeah. There's so many celebrities I would love to work on there. I mean, all the faces I work on, I love transforming them. So it's fun. And I, all my clients I work with, I really enjoy um, working with them and, and getting them to feel good and to get on, on stage. I, last weekend, uh, my client, Tyler Florence, he's a celebrity chef. Uh, he had an, we were filming a show last Saturday in Sacramento, California. Um, it was farm to fork and, uh, it was very fun. It was, there were thousands of people around inside to keep him looking fresh and not shiny. And so it's fun. It's always, I'm always somewhere different. That's for sure. So that's kind of like the no makeup makeup look, I'm assuming. Yes. Do you have any tips yes. on that? the men? It's mm-hmm. um, it's the same thing. It's making sure their skin is moisturized, not too greasy, and some concealer underneath the eye on the eyelid, and make sure that they're powdered. But that's for TV. Mm-hmm. And so they have like a lip balm. Yeah, I have make sure they have lip balm on, and you know, mm-hmm. then they're making sure that their skin is. I you know they need. Uh, lotion on their hands their legs or their arms if they're exposed to the sunlight great a few quick questions for you what is the book that changed your life oh my gosh I am a total nerd book reader um the alchemist oh really I've not read that I love oh it's fantastic Uh, Fantastic. what, what what how did it impact you it's just people's journeys. Um, everyone has a journey and, and sometimes you have to let people go on their journey and then they come back 
and they're a better version of themselves. So it's just, um, I don't know. I get something out of every book. I couldn't tell you that there's just one particular book that I changed my life. I think all my books change me a bit because it's a different, it's you're experiencing something different. You know, you're reading something that changes you a bit. So I think every book I read gives me a little bit of change. And what are you reading at the moment? I just finished, um, what is it called? Le- a learning chemistry. And what is that? What is um, it it's, it's, it's about this woman. She's a chemist. And then she ended up being, she got fired from her job, her boyfriend, she got pregnant. She got uh, fired from her job and then went into this TV studio and ended up being like, like a Julia child, but using chemistry and really changing the lives of her listeners. Like she spoke to them very intelligently and using, you know, scientific words and her relationship with her daughter and all these different people. It was really, really good book. So you like fiction? I loved it. You like fiction? I like, I like fiction. I like historical fiction. Um, Yeah. I read uh, the first ladies that was about um, Eleanor Roosevelt and her best friend, who was an African-American woman, who was uh, the first woman president of a, of a university in Florida. And so their relationship going spanning like 30 years. And it was told from the perspective of each of the characters. One chapter would be Eleanor and the other one would be about the other woman. And so it was so interesting them going back and forth, back and forth, to hearing the other perspective of the same situation. Yeah, it's always fascinating to see that. There's always more than one way to see things. Yes. What's but, your favorite book? Uh, I think it has to be um, Think and Grow Rich. It's probably the one because I didn't, I, I'm a writer, so I didn't read other people's work for a long time because I didn't want to be influenced. And then uh, when the pandemic happened, I just started reading again. I read 30 books in 2020. And in this podcast, I always re- uh, review a book. So I'm reviewing books every two weeks. And I also also read a lot of my guests' books as well. So it's really a real privilege to read a book and then interview the author. But I was just thinking if this book can change my life, imagine how many more can. So I read um, nonfiction, spirituality, sacred sexuality, health, things like that. So it's it's, it's quite I, fascinating. It's exactly the same thing. I like what I, I, I love that you agree. It's the same thing. You know, you learn something from everything. I've been listening to podcasts about uh, manifesting and not living in the past and really how your body is, your mind controls your body and the feelings of your body. So if you have an, um, you know, you have a difficult time with one person, you, your, your body gets used to going into that upsetted place and mm. how you can control that. So it's just very interesting. I think there's so much incredible knowledge out there in the world. If you're open and, and ready to listen and, and try different things. Definitely. And I'm just fascinated by the exchange of knowledge as well. And just um, because someone said that, you know, a a book for most people is decades of, it's a big download and you absorb it in a couple of weeks, which is quite fascinating that that transition. That's true. That's very true. So do you have a phrase or affirmation that you live by? Oh, yes. So I do a lot of affirmations. So I do the universe loves me. I'll do it sets of three. So the universe loves me. Then I'll do, um, I accept and expect miracles. Um, clear and release. I'm spirit, pure and innocent. All is forgiven. All is released. And then I do this one a lot. I am successful. I'm grounded. I'm determined. I'm healthy. I'm happy. I'm loved. I'm grateful. And I am wealthy. Say I it love it. Over and over. Yes. 
So actually, I'm um, finished the episodes. Every episode has an affirmation meditation in this uh, podcast, and I whisper them. So I have um, one in one ear, one in the other. So I'll probably do a beauty theme with you because I always m- match the oh, affirmations with the. I love that with the guest. Yeah, I've I've got so many you know affirmation tracks now. It, it's it's interesting. Interesting. The last one was with, um, follow your dream affirmations, which was quite cool. So I'm really into affirmations as well. I just love how it's. Um, it's um consensual brainwashing you know that's it, absolutely it is yeah. it absolutely is that's Definitely. fantastic i think they're good i think they're all good things and i you know you can control your mind is very powerful so if you keep telling yourself i'm in a bad mood i'm in a bad mood your body thinks you want to be in a bad mood so you have to just stop that you have to catch yourself of you know you're going to let something that happened 5 days ago you're going to continue holding on to that like it's absurd so you get that feeling. It's like, no, let it go. It's done. Move on. Definitely very important to let go. And I'm really into the space of um, feminine manifestation now, because I used to be very masculine in terms of, you know, goal oriented. Like I want to have this, I want that, I want this. Whereas now I'm more about the surrender and about, I allow, I am ready to receive and being yes. non-specific, which is interesting. Cause like law of attraction, I always talk about specificity. Whereas I think there's power in, being non-specific sometimes and just being creating the space for the right thing to come so that's kind of where where I'm at now with my manifestation yeah it's quite yeah I believe that that is interesting so over the last 20 years there's been this whole culture of the rise of the beauty influencer how how what do you think of that it's so interesting how you know I've been doing I've been a makeup artist and I've had my own beauty uh, line for so long and how it's changed when I started there was no such thing as beauty influencer. It was the celebrities, the stylists, the beauty editors in the magazines and the publicists. And that was, that's all you had to deal with. Now it is just so much more. And that's what you have to learn in this industry. You have to flow and you have to go with it. You know, it's going to change all the time and you have to learn to adapt to it. It's nothing's going to stay the same. I can't believe that, uh, you know, the beauty, the magazine beauty editors were just so powerful before. Now it's the influencers. So, and that's going to change too. It might go back to the magazines again. Who knows? You just have to, you know, be okay with whatever change is happening. I just watched uh, recently the glamorous on uh, Netflix. Did you watch that? I haven't watched that yet. Is it good? Yeah. I thought it was kind of, it was very light and um, breezy. It was kind of interesting to see. uh, I love Kim Cattrall, obviously like most, a lot of people. So it was interesting yes. to see that whole makeup industry. It's a very original idea because it's kind of like got business in it and it's got makeup and it's got a lot of LGBTQ themes as well. So it was a very interesting uh-huh. cocktail of ideas. Mm-hmm. I just watched on Netflix and I really enjoyed it about living to be a hundred and the blue zones all over oh, the I world. I love it. Yeah. Oh, fascinating. And I totally believe it. And I think it it was so inspiring to see different cultures and how they live and it's not that I want to live to be a hundred. It's more about feeling good. You know, mm. it's a, it's constant movement. It's not just sitting around. It's, mm. you know, doing your own housework, you know, walking, you know, people thought a lot of it was, no, it's my spirituality. I go to church every day. Well, actually the people that were going to church every day, they were walking up a hill every mm. day. So they are getting exercise. So it was all a lot about movement and, and nutrition and, and enjoy and and be slowing down and not worrying about well not worrying certainly but 
the importance of just family and laughter and time spent doing simple things. So I thought it was really inspiring. I saw it too, because I'm very interested in health and I've inter- interviewed a lot of um, nutrition experts on this channel and health experts. I interviewed um, Dr. Joel Furman, the author of mm-hmm. Eat to Live. And I've also- Oh, right. Yeah, it was really interesting. So any, apart from drinking lots of water that you've already mentioned, do you have any other health tips that you would like to share? Well, I do a lot of green juice. So I make, okay. I have a Vitamix and I put in power greens, beet, blueberry, green apple, celery, uh, fresh ginger and grapefruit juice. I blend that up, have that every day. And I, I try to kind of do intermittent fasting. I don't really eat my first meal until like noon. So I will wake up in the morning and have water, lemon and ginger, some tea and a green juice and usually exercise and then, you know, have something to eat after 12. That sounds good. Sounds very uh, wholesome. Yes. So where can people find you? You can find me at christinaflack.com if you want to see um, some videos and my portfolio of my work. You can scroll down and see the different segments on NBC on California Live, um, prettygirlmakeup.com, I'm too busy.co, and we're on uh, Facebook, Instagram, X, and I don't know, wherever else. Oh, yes, TikTok. Oh, perfect. So did you do it? Did you actually make up tutorials or anything like that? What do you um, on TikTok? I do. I don't do that. And that's something that I am going to be doing more of. But um, we do on California Live, we have a lot of on uh, ChristinaFlack.com, you can see tutorials that I've done. Perfect. And on YouTube, I have a YouTube channel as well. Excellent. So you're sharing tips yeah. and you're doing people's makeup as well on, on YouTube. Yes. Yes. Mm. Great. So um, um, thank you so much for joining us today on the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was such a joy. Thank you. Thank you so much. The book I'm reading now is Mastering Your Mean Girl, The No BS Guide to Silencing Your Inner Critic and becoming wildly wealthy, fabulously healthy, and bursting with love. And this is by Melissa Ambrosini. I bought this book because one of my followers wrote to me on Facebook and told me that she thought I would enjoy it. So I thought, great, because anyone who knows about, who sees through the, reads between the lines about who I am (laughs) and makes a recommendation is always, um, I always take note of that. So I bought the book immediately. And um, and I read it and it, the structure of it reminded me of Louise Hay's um, You Can Heal Your Life, but for a much younger audience or an audience, female audience that might be new to this type of content about spirituality, but it doesn't, um, but without being too woo woo. And it's interesting because um, when I think about inner critic, It reminds me of a recent exercise that we did in my Toastmasters club where we all had to name our inner critic, the voice in your head that says you can't do things. This this phenomenon has also been referenced to in, I think was it, um, what was it called? The Michael Singer book, um, Untethered Soul. And even I think maybe in the Surrender Experiment. But for me, um, I don't really feel that I have an inner voice telling me I can't do stuff. That doesn't mean to say that I'm completely sorted in life. But when I think about the inner voice or the, I I think about my intuition that's telling me 
what I should be doing. So I don't know if that if that resonates with anyone here, but when I think about this horrible voice, which is the ego telling me you can't do that, who do you think you are? I, I just don't don't give it a voice. I don't give it a um, a name or anything. I just don't feel I have that. Um, that doesn't mean to say I'm super confident, but when I think about an inner dialogue, it's usually my intuition. And when I go against it, that's when I know that I'm. It's it can end up not being a good idea in general. I think it's always good to actually listen to my inner guide, actually, that's that's telling me what I should be doing rather than what I shouldn't be doing. I wonder if that's the same for other people. Um, I would, I'd really be interested in finding that out. But this book is um, very, um, very interesting. It also talks about meditation and there's lots of some exercises in it as well. And I think it's a really great um, beginner's guide to self-love and just taking care of yourself, you know, because I mean, self-love um, it can be, uh, self-care is definitely a form of self-love. And I think that's definitely something that I strive to promote as well on this podcast. I describe myself as someone who's who's trying to promote holistic self-love, which is, you know, everything from meditation to eating well, being around people who inspire you, and always being mindful about how you're spending your time. Is it helping you towards your goals and about people as well? So this is an interesting book. If you are new to the world of self-help, personal development, but you'd like a light introduction, then this is definitely worth um, a read. But if you're more advanced, it might be a little bit kind of simple for you. Because I think for me, I'd already read other more advanced books. So it was kind of like a reminder of um, things that I already know. But it's always good to remind yourself on these things. But let me read a little bit from the blurb. Ready to activate your dream life? You know that sneaky voice inside your head telling you that you're not good enough, smart enough, skinny enough, whatever enough. That's your mean girl and she's doing her best to keep you stuck in fear town, too scared to go after the life you've always imagined. But enough's enough. Melissa Ambrosini has made a life beyond her wildest dreams by mastering her mean girl, bursting through limiting beliefs and karate chopping through the fears that held her hostage for years. And now she wants to help you remember not only what you're capable of, but how amazing you truly are. In this inspiring, upbeat guide, Melissa provides a practical plan for creating your own version of a kick-ass life, one that's wildly wealthy, fabulously healthy, and bursting with love. Designed to propel you out of your stuckness and into action, this is a must-read if you're ready to let go of your mean girl and start living the life of your dreams. I'm always up for a little bit of uh, evolution and transformation, and this definitely is a book that has those components. And also she shares some of her own story, which is quite interesting because she was um, working as a dancer in Paris and she got very, very burnt out, not eating much. And then she was in hospital, so she overcome lots of personal difficulties and then she's really made it into a very successful influencer and author and speaker. And I remember reading this book thinking, she talked about traveling the world, doing speaking gigs. And I was like, I want that. So she has a life that I um, def- definitely admire and um, would like more of in my own life to be a wellness reference and um, and really using some personal practices of self-love and um, turning them into com- uh, content and to inspire others. That's something I'm definitely passionate about. So that's something that inspires me a lot. 
And I hope you are inspired by this content on the podcast. And um, yeah, so that's it. So that is Mastering Your Mean Girl, the no BS guide to silencing your inner critic and becoming wildly wealthy, fabulously healthy and bursting with love by Melissa Ambrosini. Now it's time to slow things down as we prepare for this episode's guided affirmations meditation. It's probably not a good idea to listen to this while driving or operating machinery. Instead, take a break from whatever you're doing, get comfortable, take a deep breath and enjoy. my 
message for my lovely listeners. Your support means the world to me. If you enjoy the insightful conversations and engaging content on this podcast, please consider fueling my passion by buying me a coffee. Your generous contributions help keep the podcast brewing with fresh ideas and exciting guests. Head over to my Buy Me A Coffee page, which is buymeacoffee.com slash venusohara. The link is also in the show notes. There you can join our community of coffee-loving supporters. Every sip counts towards creating more orgasmic episodes for you. Thanks a lot, eh? A lot, eh? For being part of my journey and making sure every day is a climax. To find out more about me and my orgasmic lifestyle, visit venusohara.org or follow me on Instagram at instagram.com slash venusohara. Make sure to search for the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara in Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening. Have an orgasmic week and make sure every day is a climax.